People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. again wrestling fans we're back here for another edition of the 20 by 20 ring crew i am your host joe i'm here with my cohort my partner in crime matt what's going on matt what's going on we are post black friday 2018 i think both you and i survived this year with no situations i mean i can't pay my mortgage this month but... <laughs> That's no big deal. That's half of America, sir. <laughs> <laughs> We're off the, the heels of our Soul Survivors tournament. We hope you guys had just as much fun as we did going through the brackets. It is December, and we wanted to do something for December. I originally brought up the idea of covering a Starcade, because why not? Start To me, December means Starcade. Always had. But I didn't want to do what everybody else seemingly has been doing and that's the anniversary of flair for the gold i think uh there's enough material out there on the net all at once to where we don't need to cover that uh, at least not this year we'll, we'll do it some other time but i did want to cover starcade you and i love to sit in fantasy book stuff yes and i figured what better way to kind of exercise our brains than to give you a crack shot at the worst fucking starcade known to man 1991's lethal lottery battle bowl <laughs> why not aka clusterfuck yes cl- it's super clusterfuck as we see <laughs> we we are actually fast forwarded through the entire pay-per-view and we're watching the That's last how good it was. yeah <laughs> We were watching the Battle Royal, which is the last match. And <laughs> for those of you who aren't familiar with the way this goes, Battle Bowl works like this. You have two rings side by side. You've got, uh, what is it, 25 guys? 20 guys? Uh, I'd be 20 guys. 20 guys. Yeah. So you have 20 guys in the ring, in one ring. They all start in one ring. You have to throw your opponent out of the first ring and into the second ring for him to be eliminated. Now, once he's in that second ring, he essentially has to wait for other fuckers to get to the second ring <laughs> to to wrestle again. So it's like a second chance ring. Right. And then those guys, in order to get eliminated completely from the battle bowl, they have to be thrown to the floor. Nowhere else. Makes sense. Okay, I guess. <laughs> so then you'll eventually have one sole winner in ring one, and another in ring two, and those guys will battle it out to become the Battle Bowl champion. Are you still with me? Yeah. There's a lot of stipulations in this fucking Battle Royal. <laughs> All the teams, this is uh, this is a, essentially a randomized tag team tournament, or it was supposed to be. Um, we're we're going to comment a lot about the bad booking on this episode, but it was supposed to be a randomized tag team tournament. And I was commenting to Matt before we started recording at just how bad the fucking booking is in this on this entire card. Uh, so the teams are supposed to be random. They put guys like Bill Kazmaier, who's essentially like the, the archetype of like Mr. USA. They team him up with basically the person who's supposed to be like Mr. Japan in Jushin Thunder Liger. And they're a team. You have like Lex Luger and Arn Anderson together. 
as a team. It's it's a lot of that. Like, the, don't get me wrong, some of the teams seem very random. Right. But for the most part, they the the booking for this entire thing is just fucking horrible. And, and I don't want to say I, I'm not going to sit here and say like I have all the answers that they should book this way or that way. But clearly, someone was either really fucking high when they <laughs> booked this event, or they're just really fucking stupid. A couple of things too to point out. Um, this was this was the first Darkade. Under the WCW uh, banner. Under the WCW yeah, banner. So right. go in with a bang, I always say. <laughs> and nothing says bang like uh, Battle Bowl. Uh, this is also the, the first arcade without Ric Flair, too. Yeah, Ric Flair was in the WWF. Making his uh, <laughs> his appearance felt, yeah, to say the least. How about this? What Terrell? is that? This happens to be the real championship belt. That's not Hogan's belt, Brain. I know the champ's belt when I see it. You're right. Comparing this belt to Hulk Hogan's belt would be like comparing ice cream to horse manure. Comparing the men that wear these belts would also be like comparing ice cream to horse manure. You see, the man that owns this belt is right now under contract to another organization but in the very near future he might be coming to the world wrestling federation the man is also a very long dear personal friend of mine does the guy have a name yes he has a name this man not only has challenged hogan on numerous occasions unanswered may i add but you want to compare him fine then let's compare hulk hogan to rick flair which i mean given the circumstances i mean who could blame him i mean look yeah. look <laughs> <laughs> look what's going on look here. what's going on yeah, it's fucking shit. horse shit <laughs> but uh, uh, this this event happened December 29th of 1991 and it emanated from Norfolk Virginia at the Norfolk Scope attendance was approximately 9,000 people I don't know how big that place is but it seems pretty packed they're coming off of Halloween Havoc and then after this, they actually do the New Japan Super Show, the second one. So, touch on New Japan Pro Wrestling World. Yeah, absolutely. All, all three of those. All three of those, as a matter of fact. Yeah. As we see Vader here without his mask. So I know we we brought this up because uh, WWE for the second year in a row has done a Starcade event. Uh, they brought back Starcade in 2017. It was it's like Starcade in air quotes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very much so. The, the second the, the second the, sorry, the, the first show that the WWE did uh, for Starcade in 2017 was non-televised. The second Starcade it did in 2018 probably shouldn't have been televised. <laughs> <laughs> it, it shouldn't have. And for the most part, it wasn't. I mean, it it's for it was a glorified house show. That's all it was. Uh, I I you know we it, it's weird. So they bring out Ric Flair. He talks about the 35th anniversary of Flair for the Gold. Which was a cage match, by the way, for those who don't remember. And then the main event, or at least the main event for the special, special yeah. was AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe in a cage match. No title on the line or anything of that nature. But you made a big deal about the 35th anniversary of this cage match. And you do a cage match, and then you end it with a submission in the, the inside the cage inside the cage and it just doesn't really scream there's something no, good yeah there's no flair for anything no, yeah so when you before we watched that you know them bringing back starcade you brought up this idea and here i was thinking we're gonna talk about like a good starcade <laughs> and you're like let's do battle bowl <laughs> and i was like all right fuck it let's do battle bowl 
But I do say this: there is there is definitely some room for for some really interesting matches. What is the term? Odd bedfellows. Yes, and that's essentially what they were trying to get with this. I agree. From looking at them, there's a lot of like obvious ones, and there's a lot of those that are obvious because they are the the complete opposite, <laughs> like a Bill Kazmaier and Jason Dunne Liger. So yeah, it, it it just it was this lazy booking in the sense of. Hey, uh, what are we gonna do with these guys? Oh, it's just you know. I, I I mean, to me, what probably should have been done, if you are if you're not gonna be very creative with it, you literally should just do like pull it out of a hat, and yeah, just go that way. I think it, I think they would have fared better, to be honest with you, because their attempted randomization sucks ass. <laughs> this is like WWE style here. <laughs> well. They're not the first company to be uh, pegged as uh, let's go do try to do what WWF does but better and then fail at it. I mean that's just confusing. He's not eliminated because he got eliminated from that ring to that ring and now he's got to be eliminated for a second time. It's like <laughs> motherfucker, you went over the top rope, you're done. Get out of here. <laughs> Why do we need two rings? <laughs> so I don't know what's going on. So. How it is is you have, like the the whole card is the lethal lottery. Yeah, they're all tag team matches. They're all lethal lottery matches, and then essentially you have lethal lottery battle bowl battle royal as the last match, and that's how they pick the card out. All right, so how you want to do this? You want to want to run through the card, or you want to just pick, or do you just want to rewrite the card straight up? Let's let's uh, let's skim over the card at the very skim least. Skim over the card. Yeah, okay. we don't. We don't uh, we don't have to give too much attention to any one match, unless unless you feel the need. Um, they're all uh, pretty much equally shitty in one way or another. <laughs> um, first match of the night is Marcus Bagwell and Jimmy Garvin okay. teaming up against Michael Hayes and Tracy Smothers. And that, was, that was an interesting one in the sense of you have Freebird versus Freebird in that match. Yeah, but again, it's like yeah, I know it, it, it's it's uh <laughs> it's cliche. It's, yeah, it's t- it's very typical. Like, come on, really? The, you, you mean to tell me it's supposed to be random? You're not going to see that match? Give me a fucking break. <laughs> and then it's Freebird. Nobody cares. Yeah, <laughs> he's not in WCW. Well, this is also you know wrestling in the year 1991. And let's face it, it's not the hottest time for WCW, or NWA for that matter. Or Bad Street USA. Or Bad Street USA, yeah. They're getting up there and losing a lot of steam. And even down south, man, it just wasn't the same for those guys. That match goes almost 13 minutes, believe it or not. I don't know why they got 13 minutes, but... Uh, it was the first match of the night, and they didn't know how to pace. <laughs> Marcus Bagwell and Jimmy Garvin go on to defeat Hayes and Smothers and move on to the Battle Bowl. Okay. Uh, next up is, again, here's another one. like Steve Austin and Rick Rude teaming up. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes too much sense. Yeah. Against Van Hammer and Big Josh. And Van Hammer and Big Josh lose. And that also goes about 13 minutes. Now, 
for for Austin and Rude, you got to refresh my memory here. What was the the Dangerous Alliance? They were they were part of the Dangerous Alliance. So it was a thing at this yeah. point. Yeah. So okay. like there you go. Like how, how the fuck does that work? Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's ain't right. <laughs> ain't right. So Austin and Rude move on to the Battle Bowl. Um, uh, we got Dusty Rhodes' next one. Well, as the Miz would say. We're we're watching Starcade 2018 on the WWE Network. Uh, if you don't have a subscription, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. That's all one word. Uh, we were watching, and The Miz was doing his little show, and he had Rey Mysterio and Shinsuke Nakamura in the ring talking to them. Those were his guests, and he's name-dropping. Yeah. And instead of saying Dusty Rhodes, he says Dustin Rhodes, but he does it in dust, like he does a, what is the word? Like an impersonation? Is, I'm, yes, I'm having a brain fart. Yeah. He does an impersonation of Dusty Rhodes, but he says Dustin. So, uh, yeah, that happened. Fuck you, Miz. <laughs> you can't even get your dust, you can't get your Rhodes right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dustin Rhodes and Richard Morton, we'll get back to that in a second, defeat Larry Zabisco and El Gigante with Medusa. El Gigante. It almost, yeah, it almost goes six minutes. If there were ever a horrible giant in, in professional wrestling, El Gigante's gotta be up there. So, for those, uh, who those don't know, that is, that's Giant Gonzalez. Yes, Giant Gonzalez. From, from, uh, WWE. Oh, that fucking leotard that they made him wear. <laughs> yeah. Look like a fucking Mexican Yeti. I mean, this guy's huge. This guy's fucking big. He's already he's like he, that's pretty much what I'm, I'm assuming his body look, kind of looks like. Anyway, I mean, not not as shredded. I would maybe maybe not. Who knows? Doesn't matter. But he's a hairy fucking dude. Yeah, you can totally see that. And instead, you give him like this full body suit, and it's just <laughs> with airbrushed. Hair and I see you in a bodysuit, pal. <laughs> That's how we're gonna show you. You're intimidating. Oh my god, was it so? Was it bad? <laughs> I I don't understand. Him versus also. Great Kali. Yeah, oh god, fancy book that. <laughs> I'm gonna pay you to make sure that doesn't that happen. Never happen. <laughs> It's like a, it's gonna be like a like Easter egg episode for a uh, falling contest. <laughs> I'm gonna hide it from you. <laughs> um, Jeff Jarrett, special guest referee. I don't know. I, I don't remember what's going on at this point in time as far as uh, some of the performers in WCW 1991. But I was asking Matt, what the fuck is up with Richard Morton instead of Ricky Morton? Yeah. Like any other fucking year, he's Ricky Morton, but now he's Richard Morton. And they do the same thing with Terrence Taylor. He stopped being Terry Taylor, now he's Terrence Taylor. Like, <laughs> give me a fucking break. He's a professional now. I suppose. Well, at least he's no longer... Well, no, this is before the rooster, right? He, I think he's doing the computerized Man of Tomorrow gimmick. <laughs> where he comes out, he's like... <laughs> with, uh, with Terry Runnels. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, that I think that's why he's Terrence Taylor, but... I don't remember Ricky Morton being part of that stable. Yeah. And that maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why his... And Roberto Gibson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin Rhodes and Richard Morton defeat Larry Zabisco and El Gigante again in almost six minutes. Medusa's at ringside. It's a shame. You've got, you've got Dustin Rhodes, 
Ricky Morton and Larry Zbysko, three out of four ain't bad, man. Yeah. And for them to be involved in some shit like this, they should have been spread out a little more. You have you have that solid talent. Yeah. What the fuck are they doing all in one match? You know, like come on, you're already you've already screwed the pooch with the booking. Like, the least you could have done was spread out the good talent. Right. Makes too much sense. As we see a mustacheless Nick Patrick refereeing this final match. He looks so weird. Rocking that mullet. <laughs> Danny McBride right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I said it before, Danny McBride should play Nick Patrick in, a, in his... Uh, in the memory. WCW movie. Yeah, WCW movie. <laughs> Next match of the night is, again, the archetype of Mr. USA, Bill Kazmaier and Jushin Thunder Liger defeating Diamond Dallas Page and Mike Graham. And if I'm not mistaken... The only reason Mike Graham is even in this match is because the Diamond Stud, a.k.a. Scott Hall, was injured. It was supposed to be him and DDP together. Okay. So he's out, he's injured, can't take part. They throw Mike Graham in there. The match goes a little over 13 minutes. I don't know what it is with these fucking 13-minute marks. Uh, and Jushin Thunder Liger and Kazmaier win. They they advance to Battle Bowl. I know WCW is in cahoots with New Japan at this point. But what the fuck is Jushin Thunder Liger doing on this fucking card? Why is he the only New Japan performer? I'm not even going to count Van Vader. Yeah, I agree. But what is he doing? What is he doing here? <laughs> Other than teaming up with fucking Mr. USA. That's about it. <laughs> He's got nothing else going on. Uh, folks, this is just bad booking. Horrible, horrible fucking booking. Lex Luger and Arn Anderson. Again, a very cliche team. Yeah. Uh, with Harley Race at ringside, they defeat Terrence Taylor and the Z-Man <laughs> in a little over 10 minutes to advance to the Battle Bowl. And then you've got Ricky Steamboat and Todd Champion defeating Cactus Jack and Buddy Lee Parker. That goes almost 8 minutes. You've got Sting and Abdullah the Butcher teaming up, which was a clusterfuck because again, Abdullah goes into business for himself and is like, fuck Sting, <laughs> I'm going to beat on you too. Yeah. Somehow they win. They defeat Brian Pillman and Bobby Eaton in almost six minutes. What a hell of a tag team, dude. Pillman and Eaton? I mean, Eaton, obviously a tag team specialist. Yeah. There are many people I could sit there and fantasy book as mm. a tag team with him. And for me, Brian Pillman is one of those people, especially yeah. especially in the early 90s WCW. Yeah, before uh, for all the, the, the problems with Pillman, yeah. that would have been a, a really solid tag team to watch. Two, two really hard hitters. Great wrestlers. No-nonsense guys for the most part. Again... This is before the uh, the bullshit with, with, with Pillman, though. <laughs> uh, then you've got Big Van Vader and Mr. Hughes defeating Rick Steiner and the Night Stalker. A little over five minutes. Then you've got Scott Steiner and Firebreaker Chip defeating Arachnoman and Johnny B. Bad in a little over 11 minutes. Who was, uh, who was Friar? Or f- Friar. Who was Firebreaker Chip again? I don't remember who Firebreaker Chip is. My name is Curtis Thompson. Who is that guy? But um, this is this is Scott Steiner before he got crazy. It is Scott Steiner before he got crazy. For those of you who don't know, Arachna Man was Brad Armstrong. Uh, I don't remember how he got stuck with that gimmick, but it was fucking horrible. Like purple and yellow. <laughs> you know there are many many different incarnations of Spider-Man out there. I understand, you know, to, Spidey universe, Spider-verse. Yeah, to avoid copyright issues and whatnot, obviously you don't want to do red and blue. 
which yeah. is fine, I get it, but purple and yellow? Like, how the fuck is that a thing? He looks so stupid. <laughs> Why is he a spider, though? I don't know. I, I don't. I I don't remember how he got stuck with such a shitty gimmick, but it speaks volumes about 1991 WCW. It's like he lost a fancy football league. <laughs> you gotta change your gimmick, pal. Yeah, Vince McMahon works for WCW now too. <laughs> and and Johnny B. Bad, um, you know the whole little Richard makeup gimmick. Could could have worked. It, I'm, I'm it, telling it you, man, I, I, I was always an advocate of him coming over to the WWF as Johnny B. Bad. It, I think it worked well for WCW. Yeah. And then even when he didn't and he went over as the wild man, that gimmick didn't last very long either. No. And it should have. They should have gave him time. I think it would have worked out. And then he becomes a boxer and the rest is history. That was fucking stupid. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I digress. Ron Simmons and Thomas Rich, again with the fucking proper names, <laughs> defeat Steve Armstrong and PN News in a little over 12 minutes for the last randomized tag team match for Lethal Lottery. I was commenting to you that Tom Tommy Rich looks like a fucking scumbag. And he does. He's like he's like every horrible southern wrestler gimmick rolled into one. Yeah. He's got like the long stringy blonde hair that's been dyed to no end. He's got the fucking scruffy different color beard or, or you know, uh, yeah. five o'clock shadow, what have you. And then he's got like actual old school wrestling tights on and yeah. boots, but then he's got like the, the ass, assless chaps on top of him. And then there's Ron Simmons who's not in it. That rounds out your, your full 10 randomized tag team lethal lottery matches. And then uh, you get all those winners get stuck into that horrendous battle bowl battle royal that goes a little over 25 minutes with Sting eliminating Lex Luger to win the battle bowl and get a shot at the title. So I guess, like, looking at this card, you know, and obviously, as you mentioned, the after that... After your ten tag team matches, you have the battle, the battle bull, battle royal, whatever the hell you want to call it. You know, it's it's your last major event of the year, and you know this is before still monthly pay per views. Mm-hmm. So you don't have that whole oversaturation yet that you see with WWE and even WCW during a time where it's just like, well, we have one every month, so they don't all have to be great. You know, not only that, but this is Starcade. I get it. This is you know we were past the days of Flair and Race and 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 Dusty Rhodes and and, and those kind of Starcades. But it, it it's like it, this is essentially your biggest hyped show of the year, or at least one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Starcade, yeah. and it's like treat it a little more respect than that. <laughs> and, and, and not only that, so you're doing a theme pay-per-view. You and I are a fan of gimmicks. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's do the gimmick, but let's do it right. I mean, you have an opportunity here to have tag teams that you're not going to see ever again, potentially. I mean, if this is your one day, your one night to do these, do them. And, and you know what? That's my gripe about this pay-per-view is, let you know, let's let's face facts here. The entire night was about. Getting Sting and Lex Luger in a match together, in the yeah. ring together, right. to set up a feud. Right. I am all for that, if that's what you want to do. 
I personally wouldn't want to do that because neither one of them is a strong worker at this point in their careers. Sure. So if that's what you want to do, fine, let's do it. But you're absolutely right. There's so much wasted potential right. in this this uh, this gimmick, this gimmick pay-per-view that you could have you could have at least beyond the Sting and Luger feud, you could have set up other feuds. To go at least, you know, uh, uh, further out beyond the summer of 1991. And and it could have led to something better in the booking department. Again, I don't, I'm, I don't remember right off the top of my head who the booker was or what was going on to where, um, you know, like how, how much WCW was controlled by... A certain party, or wasn't controlled by a certain party, but this this is just a lot of wasted potential. <laughs> you have, say the least, yeah, you have solid performers throughout the card. It's not like they're hurting for talent, right? But again, like going back to uh, you know Austin and Rude, two solid performers. Whether you think of them as mid card status or not, they can handle their own in the ring at this point. Same thing, you, you have, uh, you know, Michael Hayes is a seasoned vet. I understand he's not at the top of his game anymore, but he can carry a match. I, I, I wouldn't have went with the, you know, Freebird versus Freebird opposite sides. I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have paired uh, Liger and Kazmaier together. I wouldn't have paired Luger and Anderson together. And, and the whole Sting versus Abdullah the Butcher, whether... Whether Abby was booked to go into business for himself or or that's just the way they decided to call the match in the ring, again, just a lot of wasted potential there. Pillman and Eaton. Like, when the fuck are we ever going to see that again? Yeah. You know, do we ever see that again? Off the top of my head, I, 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 I want to say so. no. Yeah, right? I don't think so. Again, you know, I think the, as far as the Steiner brothers go... Okay, cool. You you took them apart from one another, and you put them in different matches. I think that was probably one of the more sensible things to do. Mm-hmm. You've got PN News on the card, which he's he's not the str- <laughs> he's he's a fucking glorified jobber. Let's, right. let's call it what it is. Couldn't find fucking somebody else. You're you're doing business with New Japan. Their shittiest jobber is better than PN News. Throw throw <laughs> one of them on there instead of PN News. So fucked up. So fucked up. Ricky Steamboat. Again, Cactus Jack. Like, I'm not saying you gotta have all your fucking top solid guys in the final battle bowl, but I think it would have been a little more common sense to do something like that. I mean, you look at you look at events like the Royal Rumble and things like that. There's quite a bit of solid talent in a rumble. Right. You know? There always is. And if it's not solid talent, they book it in such a manner where, hey, you're going to look like you got a fucking A game. Even if you don't have one, you're going to do this spot and that'll be it. You know? Well, even... even So, we're watching the, the, the Battle Bowl and, like, there's... Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have to sell Juice and Thunder Liger to, to Joe. All right, that's that's one of his favorite wrestlers, and he's he. One of the first thing you say is, 
what is Liger doing in there? Mm-hmm. Like, just, what is he just, doing in there? It just doesn't make any sense. And that was one of those cases. Okay, you, you have the New Japan uh, partnership. Yeah, let's showcase it. Just throw a Liger on there. Yeah. That's it. You know... <laughs> Nobody you, else. <laughs> you could have Liger in the in in the tournament, but I wouldn't have him win the match. Win when his tag team match. No. You know, have have him lose. But yeah, there, there's nobody else. There's nobody else at all. And on then that new Japan and then roster. during the actual battle bowl, he does a spot with uh, Ricky Morton. It's like a fucking dream match right there. Right. That is the only time you get to see that happen. That should have happened earlier in the card. They should have been booked in the same match against each other on opposite teams so that when they got to the Battle Bowl, they could have continued what they started earlier in the night. I mean, a year later, look at look at who's on Starcade. I mean, you got Kensuke Sasaki, and you got the great Muta. Uh, you also have Masahiro Chono. No, none of those guys are available in 91. Again, <laughs> they could have picked the, like, the shittiest... They could have picked any young lion, any young lion, and been like, you know what? Just this one night, you're gonna go on excursion and yeah, do this card, something, and it would have been better than fucking PN News. It would have been essentially what happens nowadays too. Where like, let's say uh, Jay White before he becomes a switchblade, you see a man at Starcade, and he doesn't win, but he wins his tag team match, and he has. A respectable match yeah. in, in the Battle Royal, and say, "Well, oh, wow, that guy's gonna be something." And then, boom, he shows up in New Japan Switchblade. Yeah. What a, what a way to what a way to advertise <laughs> that, that that new kid. Like, you don't just take any young line. You don't take the, the, the just putting a rabbit out of the hat kind of thing. It's you you take oh this guy he's ready for the next step. Yeah, let's let's have him do this and see how he goes. And and that's that's what he means. That's what I would do. As I should say by by the young line thing. But like. I'm looking. I'm looking at the, a year later. You have the New Japan partnership, and it's like you have all these great wrestlers on there, and Liger's the only guy that you go with. And <laughs> I get there's Vader. Vader's in there, but he's also kind of a regular time WCW guy. Yeah. Point, so it doesn't really count fully. And I don't know. It's just it. It's a waste. The the, the whole fucking night was a waste. You've got. Abdullah the Butcher and Cactus Jack on the same card. Right. Why aren't they wrestling each other? Especially if you're going to have one of them lose and not be part of the Battle Bowl. It's funny, too, because, like, some, I, I would say if I picked their brain, it'd be like, oh, that's too obvious. Throughout a card that is filled with too obvious. Yeah. What's, what's one fucking more? And, and it yeah. would have been worth their while, you know? But to, have, to have the Butcher and Cactus Jack. In the same in the same ring together, you know. Even if for a ten, ten, five, ten minute match, I, I'm I'm down for that. Again, Dustin Rhodes and Ricky Morton are on the same team. Yeah, they should be on opposite teams. I would have much rather watched uh, the match with Dustin Rhodes and Zabisco against Morton and El Gigante. I would like to have seen Cactus Jack team with Johnny B. Bad on here. I think that would be a pretty fun. That Fun would have been really fucking interesting. <laughs> Very it's, it's, big clash of of, of uh, personalities there. I mean, you still could have got away with something like Arachnaman and Z-Man, yeah, as a tag team, right? Because it's it, again, they're still solid talent. Brad Armstrong, hell of a fucking worker. Z-Man definitely held his own, right? 
Tom, that's Tom Zeng, by the way, for those of you who don't know. Um, but yeah, it's just such a fucking clusterfuck that this card was. I feel sorry for all of the people who paid to be there. <laughs> I also feel sorry for people who paid to watch that pay-per-view. Did you, you didn't you didn't watch the Battle Bowl? Oh no, I watched it. I didn't pay for it. <laughs> we no, no one in my family paid for that fucking pay per view. I again, uh, Sting and Luger. Let's face it. I, I know you're a huge Sting fan. Yeah. But at this point in time, putting him up against Lex Luger, mm. Luger. D- you know what made those two guys awesome was Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair's not around. Very true. And that's part of the reason they're getting that push. Right. I completely understand that. But if you know Ric Flair's not available, then Mm. you better put these guys in there with a little more beef. Yeah. In in such a situation where it's going to be a little more interesting. Right. You're going to have to put them in there with someone that is a little more Flair-esque. A lot of people are probably going to have a problem with what I'm saying here now, but uh, I'm looking at Dustin Rhodes in the ring right now. We're actually watching uh, the following year because the other one is already over with. Yeah. It's that bad. We just decided to <laughs> let the next one play. Done. But uh, Dustin Rhodes, the natural, he is he literally is a professional wrestler's professional wrestler at this point. Yeah. He's got all the tools. Give him the fucking shot. Let him go in there. And I'm not saying he's got a fucking vibe for the title. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying um, let him be the last guy in there with Sting and Luger. Let them go a while. Yeah. You know? Have him fucking wrestle the both of them. I think they come out better wrestlers out of all this. You mean in the process of getting two guys over, you, you get a third guy over? No. It makes sense to me. No. <laughs> we, don't, we don't do that. What the fuck? We don't do shit like that. Oh, jeez. Not in 1991 WCW. <laughs> or in WWE ever. Oh, my God. But, but uh, man, yeah. A lot of missed opportunities here. And uh, I guess I guess let's, let's let's try to talk something positive here. Uh, and and fancy book it. What's what's uh, what's some tag teams that you would like to have seen that would have helped the night go by? I, I think just a simple rearrangement of of, of the the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Marcus Bagwell. You know, he's he's an up and comer. He again, he's he's not a bad wrestler. He's not a great wrestler, right? But. Him and, and, and throw him in there with Jimmy Garvin. Like, don't get me wrong. Garvin back in the day, dude, I'm all about it. I used to fucking love the Freebirds and, and love him in, in the AWA. Right. But don't pair him with Jimmy Garvin. Put Bagwell in there with, I, I would like to see something like Bagwell and Steamboat together. Wow. I thought that would have been interesting. Okay. For what it's worth. They could have kept the the Freebirds together. I think that would have been a, a great angle to play up. Like, oh, it's it's supposed to be random, and we still ended up with one another. Right. Let's go do what we do. And then you could have put them in there with fucking anybody. It really didn't matter because those two Freebirds work better together at this point than, than apart. Right. I think that hurts them that they're apart. Right. 
Uh, Tracy Smothers again. It, it's he's one of those guys on the on the roster where you tell him what to do, he'll go and do it. I mean, you just gotta let him do what he does. He, you know, he's not gonna be your fucking main event guy, but he's not there to be your main event guy. Throw him on there. Throw him. Throw him in there. It's shit. At this point, throw him in there with Lex Luger. Yeah. Him and Luger on a team. He'll okay. make fucking Luger look like gold. Because that's what Tracy Smothers does. Yeah. You know? Little little changes like that. Like, it, it would have benefited things so much more. And then there's there's also, to me, like I said, you, you have these, these one-off tag teams that are not designed to be anything more than what, a, what the one match is. Yeah. And, you know, I look at uh, something like Brian Pillman, and, and, uh, and I, I know you already booked him, but, like, Pillman and Steamboat as a tag team. Yeah. One night only kind of thing, you know. Um, I think Rude and, and, and Ron Simmons oh, yeah. would have made up a great yeah. tag team, you know. Uh, things of that nature, you know. I, I would have I liked to have seen Steve Austin at that point in his career with Dustin Rhodes, two great technical wrestlers, and in their own right, uh, I mean that's just, that's just what I'm looking at. If I'm if I'm booking this, I, I just if I'm told, let's say let's say you you're running, you're Joe's running running a uh, running the show, and he comes up to me, and I, you know I'm I'm making matches, I'm matchmaker. He says this is what I want to do, I want to do a bunch of tag teams, and then we're gonna do a battle royal at the end, and at the end I want Sting and Luger. Fine, Sting and Luger are gonna they're gonna win their matches. Fine, I, I have what I what I need. Now, what do I gotta do as a matchmaker is give the the Booker what he wants, and that's Sting and Luger. Sting Sting gets over or whoever gets over. In this case, Sting gets over. The rest I gotta entertain a fucking audience. <laughs> so how do I do that? You know, I'm given an opportunity here to have matches that have nothing to do with storyline purpose. Their storylines, I'm sure, are being told. Fine. But, again, you have Rude and Simmons. I'm putting those guys in there because when do I ever get to see that? Yeah. Like, those guys are going... There, there's definitely going to be a clash of, of personalities, but the styles of, of he, like hard-hitting technical wrestling, give me that all day. All day. And I get I get to do that for, for, what, for a match? Like, that's just... To me, that seems too obvious to do. Okay, and it's just like as if like I'm speaking a foreign language to them, where it's like, <laughs> no, it's we're gonna we're gonna put the, the Dangerous Alliance together. And it's like okay, I mean, I, I get they were a, a heated faction, but it's like it was unnecessary. It's unnecessary at this yeah. point, you know. I I mean, again, I, I I put I did Cactus Jack and Johnny B Bad because of the clash of personalities. Two very, two very solid wrestlers, but uh, just I th- I think that the, the interaction would have been entertaining. Oh at least, yeah, at least for me, you know. So like that's what I mean by these these gimmick matches. You have a different opportunity than than what you do on your regular you know nine to five, if you will, for matchmaking, and you didn't even take advantage of it, and it's a shame because it leads to a very mediocre starcade. You've you've got guys uh, from the south who have wrestled each other fucking millions of times, like Tommy Rich and Ricky Morton and Tracy Smothers. Richard, 
Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> Why aren't those guys, at least two of those guys, in the same match? Yeah. Against one another. Right. You know? And I can't imagine, like, this was, this was like, the elite of talent pools to choose from. Exactly. That's, yeah. Uh, exactly. If you're not going to bother to further storyline, and this really is, like, a one-night-only kind of thing for most of these guys and their teammates, fucking let let the fantasy bookings begin. Like, I mean, to me, that's what you would want. Like, yeah. oh, my God, I could just do whatever. Like, you're, you're telling me I don't have to worry about storylines. I was yeah. like, all right, this we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. <laughs> I, I mean, it, to me, it's it's just like it's the ultimate playground, and yeah. they just looked at it like it was a chore. Like, oh no, we can't. <laughs> no, we're, we're gonna do this. And, and you know what? I always I always hear the gripe of especially like from the mouth of Jim Cornette, who will tell you like, oh, it's easy for all you fucking people who do podcasts to sit there and say, oh, this guy should have been team up with this guy and, and all that well you get these guys you book this shit you got you get these guys to work together <laughs> i'm fantasy booking at this point that that point is is moot it's null and void to me it doesn't make a fucking difference we're fantasy booking i i hear what he what he's saying and uh i i would agree i, I it's not as black and white. nothing is ever as black and white as we like to talk about yeah, it yeah no but at the same time, Mr. Cornette, that's your fucking job. Either, either, yeah. either you do it or you don't. Either you do it or you don't. Yeah. Are you a good booker, Cornette, or are you not? <laughs> you know, don't, he, don't get him started. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna shut this shit down. <laughs> We're not gonna make it past 2019. <laughs> but in, in the lines of, of fantasy booking, yeah, it's. It is essentially that black and white. And, and I hear podcasts from certain things, uh, you know, the the, 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 the Bruce Pritchard podcast and the line that gets said a lot that there's a reason why I have a hard time listening to that podcast. It's a great podcast, but you, you're trying to put logic into it. Into something that has no logic. It's something that has no logic. And <laughs> it's just, it's mind-blowing that this is... This happens. This, this happens <laughs> in professional wrestling. You're trying to put logic into something, and it's like, well, yeah, this is not, isn't that the point of what we're doing? And it wasn't just W. I mean, in this case, it's it's obviously he worked for the WWF, but it, it's not, it, even today, it's not just WWE that does shit like that. And yeah. it's just like, how do you drop the ball so, so bad? <laughs> You know, and, and and that was the case. And like to me too, I'm a I'm a traditionalist. And if I worked for WCW, and we have Starcade, and obviously I was I would I, at that if I was working for the company at the time, I would have been around for Flair for the Gold because personally I wasn't around for when that when when it happened in '83. But you have something like Starcade. It's like you want to try your damnedest to make sure that it carries the prestige of past arcades. I mean, one thing that I will say about WWE, the WrestleManias are not always good, but I will give them this. You can totally see that they are trying to make sure that it is. For the the most part. They, They try to make sure that WrestleMania is the best show of the year. Do they accomplish that? 
not really. But it's not from a lack of effort. And that's the difference. This just seemed like a bunch... This this is... Uh, you know, we, you and I, we bash what WWE has done with Starcade in 2017 and 2018. Well, fuck, WWE was doing it in 1991. <laughs> like, this is essentially just a house show. Yeah. And it should have just... Probably should have just been that. Because, again... I don't know what pay-per-views were going for back then, but I would have been pretty pissed off if I paid for this shit. Yes, yes. Uh, I remember watching it, and we had the cheater box, and uh, I was I was pretty bored out of my fucking mind. I, I half-assed paid attention to it, and that was the first thing out of my godfather's mouth was, I'm glad we didn't pay for that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Dodged a bullet there. <laughs> Uh, there's one other uh, team I would uh, love to have seen in all this. Okay. Uh, Arn Anderson and Ron Simmons. Oh. Yeah, I think that yeah. makes sense. Same, same, same concepts. I I think with the yeah. with the Rude minus the the over to the top gimmicky Rick Rude. Yeah, persona. and you know what? They would have understood each other. Yeah. You know Two. they would they would have went in there. They would have fucked shit up. They would have got easily got into the battle. I, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I want you to understand, because a lot of people, I think, know the name Arn Anderson. He's uh, mentioned a lot in WWE programming. Ron Simmons was one of the scariest guys that I've seen in his prime. Yeah. I mean, just a massive man that was a great technical wrestler. And just, just I mean, he was just devastating in that ring. Yeah. Devastating, yeah. Arn Anderson, no nonsense. Ron Simmons, just an absolute machine. That would have been a hell of a tag team. I, I would have loved to have seen that. Even, I, even when he came over to the WWF as Farouk, yeah, and they dressed him in the stupid, you know, Trojan esque. Uh, oh, I remember helmet that. And all that yeah, shit. I, <laughs> I remember uh, fellow wrestling fans of mine who weren't familiar with him and they were like oh this guy he's fucking stupid I'm like are you kidding me you know who that is yeah he will fuck you up you know like legit tough guy legit tough guy you know his WCW days man were just amazing whether he was you know fighting for the for the world title or or teaming with Butch Reed and Doom I mean man he was he's He's as tough as they come. One of the one of the best and underrated wrestlers ever. Ever, so, yeah. Uh, especially in, in in the sense of WWE because they had ne- they never knew what to do with that guy. No, ever. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, I I agree with what you said about about Sting at this point. Um, yeah, there's no there's no de- denying I'm a huge Sting mark, but. You're right. At this point, he didn't know how to carry himself without a Ric Flair. At this point, yeah, and and that was that was unfortunate. It was unfortunate that the company, I think it was Jim Hurd that was in charge at the time. Yeah, Jim Hurd is the reason Flair left. And and it did. He just they didn't respect what they had, and that was really 
the 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 relationship on off relationship that Ric Flair had with WCW until it closed its doors. So <laughs> it's unfortunate. Eventually, Sting, in my opinion, figured it out. But oh yeah, no, I agree. But a much younger Sting here, and uh, you know, coming off those just, great rivalries, yeah, it just wasn't there yet. It just wasn't there, and. Um, whether whether or not Sting has it, we're gonna sit here and take a break and uh, hopefully pay some bills. So stick around, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I can't tell you what to do. I can't tell you what to wear. Hell no, I'm not better. But I am smarter. I'll bow to the masters. The masters over at Rays. Rays will hook you up with all kinds of discounted gift cards for your favorite places to eat, for your favorite places to shop online and in store. They have any place you could possibly think of, and they even have discounts on ride sharing services like Lyft and Uber in case you guys need to make it to a show. So hop on over and support the show. Support your 20x20 crew. Visit us for more information. Information on raise and discount gift cards over at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash raise. That's R-A-I-S-E 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash raise. And we got two words for you. Save money. Welcome back. Thank you for hanging in there with us. As always, we appreciate you supporting the show and helping pay the bills. We are talking Starcade, WCW Starcade 1991, the Lethal Lottery Battle Bowl. First time under WCW banner. Yep. And uh, a horrible one at that. <laughs> 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 Say the least, yeah. I I really like the again. I'm a gimmick guy. I really like the concept of of Battle Bowl. I right. really do. I think I would change the stipulations of the fucking Battle Royal. It's confusing. It is. It's just a lot going on. Yeah, that guy's eliminated. No, he's not. He's only eliminated from t- Tier One. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what. They they should have come up with something else. They they really should have. Like they should have put a third ring and like he's not eliminated going outside of the ring. Now you have to throw him outside of the ring and put him underneath the ring <laughs> and roll him up in like styrofoam <laughs> or something. I don't know. Like really just like go all out with the with the stupidity there. You and I are not the biggest fans of battle royals determining no. Things like the, of that nature. I I think there's there's a few exceptions. I think you know the Royal Rumble because for me, because it, it is a tradition now at this point. I'm not a huge fan of it determining the number one contender for the title. But I think what helps, right? Believe it or not, this is one of the few times where it, it helps having two world champions. In, in my opinion, because yeah. it, it it does become you're in that pickle of like, do you want to continue to have the same? scenario every year the guy that wins the Royal Rumble is main eventing Wrestlemania you know you have the the pay-per-view in, in between that kind of throws a wrench at it or something like that and you're kind of in that pickle where at least having two world champions the same thing with the women uh yeah. you know, having two 
uh, women's titles, it's uh, you have at least one where you can kind of be more open with how how you're gonna defend your title. Yeah. So, but other than that, I'm not a huge fan of, of battle royals determining number one contenders or or uh, or champions. But at the same time, people will have this argument. And I've heard this before. That's really the only purpose of having them, for the most part. <laughs> I, okay, I, I, I see what you're saying. Every once in a while, it can be fine. I just don't know if I would have picked Starcade do that. Maybe uh, you know WCW Saturday Night or something. Do you know or yeah, whatever? Uh, but or you, today, like a Raw and SmackDown. You know what though? This this again, uh, all the tweaks we had previous previously mentioned, but. You know, you know, you're gonna get it down to Sting and Luger anyway, right? Yeah. And they went at least like five to ten minutes by themselves, right? Before the match was over. So guess what? Why not just do it that way? Right. Why not forget all the? You know what this is like? This is like uh, what are they called? The Rube Goldberg machines, where it's like a bunch of unnecessary steps to get to one final result. Yeah. You know, like you did it on purpose. Yeah, that's what this is. Battle Bowl is just one big Rube Goldberg machine. They didn't have to do all that. If right. you want Sting and Luger, just fucking cut to the chase. <laughs> you know, set it up to where that's that's yeah. gonna be your main event. You could go five, ten minute main event. You might piss a few people off, but at least you give a little more opportunity for some some really good things to happen with this whole Battle Bowl thing. Yes. And I, I think it would have worked out better. I really do, because it's not like, uh, it's not like Luger's out there by himself. You've got Harley Race with him. Mm-hmm. There you go. I mean, if it, 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 Race isn't uh, any kind of a slouch. I mean, I know he's not fucking wrestling at this point. You know, he's he's just out there as a manager. Right. But fuck it. Yeah. Get him involved. But, you know, have that match. I'd rather see that than what they fucking actually put <laughs> out there. I, I, they can't, they couldn't work to, strongly to begin with. I know they're your big names, but without Flair, they're not as big. And then you want to put them in a match with 18 other guys, so they're getting fucking gassed before they actually have to wrestle one another at the very end. I think that also affected their performance at the very end. So it's like, why bother? Yeah. Just have them in a singles match. It would have made much more sense. We don't make sense here, pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like it doesn't make any sense that uh, WWE brought back Starcade to treat it the way that they have treated it. Again, it, it, it's like it's the name is cursed with so much missed opportunity. Well, what's what? What is what is your take on them bringing it back? I before I, before it was a house show. WWE bringing back Starcade. Like, what was your initial reaction? I was excited because I always look at it as there's so much potential. Right. No matter whether it's a Starcade or a Survivor Series or you know fucking Fall Brawl, you know War Games, mm. all full of potential. Right. You have. A blank slate to play with. Do it upright. Yeah. The first year they brought it back was 2017. I knew they were bringing it back. They went to a historic spot for Starcades. They they did that right. 
They they kept it yes. a house show, which initially I was pissed off about, but at the same time, after I, I took a while for it to digest in me, I realized, you know what, that's pretty fucking smart business. You get people uh, to spend a little more dough on tickets to go see this live because it's not available anywhere else, and you make it a, a special event, you know, that only they were able to see. Later on down the line, release it on home video, you know, add add some featurettes to it or what have you, and then give it to the public. I think that's smart business. Why not do that? Right. But then this year, 2018, they bring it back again, and now we're not getting a full card. You get to see a part of the card, an hour's worth of the card, on the WWE Network, and that's it. You know, it's heavily edited. We don't get to see the shit that really made a difference. Like the return of Bray Wyatt. Like the return of Bray Wyatt. Right. So. Now we got uh, Ms. TV. Yeah. And him on Starcade, nonetheless. Yeah. Get th- Dusty Rhodes wrong. Right. It's supposed to be a big card. <laughs> an important card. Why the fuck are you having a talk show in the middle of the fucking card? <laughs> I get I get Elias yeah. opening up the show with what Elias does because that's what Elias does. That's his gimmick. Yes. You don't need a fucking talk show in the middle. You don't cool if you're gonna cool your fans down, don't do it that way. Like what the fuck is your what are you thinking? You're not thinking. <laughs> you're the WWE and you're not thinking. It's 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 it just sucks because I hear what you're saying about the 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 2017 house show as a business move. Yeah, I agree. It totally makes sense uh, uh, to me though. I just if, if that's all you're gonna do, it you know, first of all, if you're gonna make it a, a show that you can only see live, mm-hmm. the show better not suck. I agree. And obviously, I haven't seen 2017. But I saw that card, and I saw House Show written all over it. That's all it was. It's a House Show that you threw Starcade on it, and to me, it's almost like a spit in the face of what Starcade is supposed to be. To me, the moment that I heard WWE bringing back Starcade, I wasn't excited because of the fact that it's a WCW uh, entity, and even though WWE owns it, it wasn't a Vince McMahon idea, and therefore it'll never get the respect that it fully deserves. Yeah. Therefore, leave it dead. Just don't don't revive it. Don't bring it back. Don't bring it back as a as a one off show. Don't bring it back as a WWE Network special. It's dead. It's done and over with. It ended in two thousand, and that's where it should have been, because unfortunately, what you have is a second-rate show that was brought upon us by a, a show that rivaled, and I'm not going to get into the argument of what was bigger, WrestleMania Starcade, but rivaled, at one point, Survivor Series, and then eventually Rus- you know, rivaled WrestleMania. WrestleMania. That was yeah. It was their biggest show of the year. Yeah, that was their WrestleMania. And it's unfortunate that it became what, it, what it's become. But one thing I can say amongst many wrestling fans is that Starcade as a whole will, will, will has such a, a tremendous legacy that even Vince McMahon can't kill it. So even though 
we 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 made fun of essentially Starcade ninety one, which was a pretty pretty bad. It was a really bad Starcade. It was bad. <laughs> it was it was a bad pay per view. It was a bad pay per view. But you had many Starcades that obviously stood the test of time as some of the be- some of the best wrestling shows ever put together. Yeah. You know, obviously, people talk about Flair for the Gold in '83, mm-hmm. and there's no doubt about that. That's the, that that that's such a great that's a great card, but then that match yeah. is unbelievable match. If you've never seen that match of the Flair Flair versus uh, Harley Race inside that that funky cage, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do yourself a favor and, and go back and, and watch that. But uh, you know the, the matches that he had with with uh, with, with Dusty Rose, the ma- what Ric Flair did, or the matches. Yeah, I'm not a Luger fan, but the the, the Luger matches too. You know, Starcade has so many standout matches. I mean, we, we you know we talk about WrestleMania. You know, obviously we talk about Steamboat and and, and Savage. You know, we talk about so many matches with Shawn Michaels and and, and things of that nature and. That stood the test of time, and it's unfortunate because WCW doesn't exist anymore because it was it was bought by WWE and they chose. Although they have it on the WWE Network, mm-hmm. which is good, but they don't. They, they throughout the throughout the years they have continuously bashed everything WCW did. Now. When you buy an an asset, even if it's former competition, you would think that you would have the logical mindset of even if it's just for bit strictly making money off of it, to say look at like WCW had all these great things. Instead, you look at any documentary that that has been put out there by WWE, everything that has WCW written on it, it was bad. Everything was bad. And don't get me wrong. I understand there's a shit ton of wrong with that company. In, in, even back in 1991. Or especially back in 1991. In the early 90s. But there was a lot of good that that company has done. And before we end this episode, we can't let it... We can't be like all the other wrestling fans out there. And we can't neglect to appreciate what Starcade is to almost any wrestling fan. And so I have to ask you because you of of of, of all people you were you were NWA. I fucking love the NWA. You know, and and uh you know, I'll throw WCW in there too. Uh, and you know, I know you have your problems with WCW as any logical wrestling fan <laughs> would. But Starcade in, in a nutshell, I guess, what does Starcade mean to Joe? Just really good pro wrestling, man. Uh, my favorite Starcade ever was 1986, the Night of the Skywalkers. And I wish I could sit here and be like one of those guys, just like, oh yeah, it was because of the the scaffold match. Right. That card has so much more to offer. Yeah. Than just that fucking match. Yeah, that's great. It was a def. I actually watched it for the first time with you. And I was, man, I ended up watching it back probably like two weeks later. It was a really, really fun car to watch. When it came out on home video, there was a a video store not too far from my house where 
I would go rent it at least once a week over the summer that year. Okay. I like I could not stop myself from watching it. I watched it over and over and over again to see the first blood match between Tully Blanchard and Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Um, obviously the scaffold match. Two classic tag teams in the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express. Like tag team shit doesn't get any better than that, you know? Yeah. Especially those guys at that time. It's like they're at the top of their fucking game. And they're doing it on a scaffold no less, you know? <laughs> it's like what the fuck? That's what Starcade means to me, man. That's it's it's the it's the WCW's answer to WrestleMania. Yeah. And and I know that's only one way of looking at it and I know that's not the necessarily the intention of the event. Right. But that's what it has become known to be. That's the equivalent. There's a lot of uh, a lot of those types of comparisons these days, and and that's what it was. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because I thought that's when you say WCW or or NWA, and you say Starcade, that is their flagship pay per view. That's the one that the that counts. That's the granddaddy of them all, as Dusty Rhodes used to say. Yeah, not Dustin. <laughs> Fuck you, Miz. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, that's that's what it means to me, and I think the the closest the closest feeling I've gotten to something that special in in our life and times now, mm. and I'm probably gonna get heat for saying this, but I don't give a fuck was all in. Yeah. A lot of variety. You had your gimmicks. Yeah. You had your spots. It worked. And it felt like a flagship show. Right. So, yeah. Well, what's what's the one thing that I've always said about professional wrestling? What, what, what makes it work is that it is the ultimate variety show. Ultimate variety show. And that's, a little bit of everything for everyone. That's, that's, that's when you know you have... A great card is for me. Uh, I had to re pull back up the card here, but for me, I loved '86. But the year before that, too, the gathering. Yes, I love that because you had things like uh, Abdullah the Butcher, and Manny Fernandez, um, in a, in a death match, and then you you had <laughs> things like uh, a bull rope match with Ron Bass and, and Black Bart. You know, you had uh, a Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard in the I Quit match, um, which yeah, it was I couldn't remember it was it was in a cage, but then you had things like the uh, the Jimmy Valiant and and Miss Atlanta Live, uh, or basically <laughs> um, Ron Garvin it, it versus the Midnight Express in, in the street fight, and it's it, you know very gimmicky match, and obviously the main event Dusty Rhodes, yes Dusty Rhodes. You know what was the most disturbing part about Miz fucking that up? Is that the, the fans, nobody reacted to it. Yeah. They were like, yeah, <laughs> Dustin Rhodes. It's like, no, it's not the wrong guy. <laughs> the fuck? You know, it's, it's because they were in, and, and I'm, I, I love Ohio, okay, but uh, they were not in, uh, they were not in traditional NWA, WCW country there. And see that, that. <laughs> It, that hurts too. You pull that shit in Atlanta, Georgia, or, or or North Carolina, Greensboro, North Carolina, things of that nature. It's a different crowd. Oh man, they would have, they would have, yeah, they would have rioted. It's a different crowd. <laughs> they they would have been much more appreciative of the event, at least I think. 
I mean, but I go back to the card, though. Dusty Rose a flair for the title. Buddy Landell versus Terry, Terry Taylor. I really love that match. It was such a great, great match for me. You know, I mean, just, again, you had you had a little bit of everything. I mean, you had um, another one, too, that that uh, uh, I love watching was the Ole and Arn Anderson versus, uh, who was it, uh, McDaniels and um, Billy Jack Billy, Haynes. Jack Haynes. In a, in a tag match, I mean, just you had you had a mixture of everything there, and it's like these things get lost. It gets lost with today's fan, and it's a really shame. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm not trying to, to 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 push the W Network on you because I want to. I, I mean, I do, but I, but my my thing is, I want to share professional wrestling with you, and you got to get the WWE Network so you can watch. What the hell we're talking about. <laughs> and it's all there for you. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. All one word. And you get all these Starcades. And, you know, going back to me, from, from the, one, the first Starcade I ever watched in its entirety, and I don't want to show my age here, Joe, <laughs> was Starcade 97. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and that... That was to me was such a, a big deal because it was it was Sting versus the NWO, yeah, and the story that they told and I and I know neither one of those guys Sting and Hogan liked the match very well and how it went down, but for me and maybe because I was an eight year old Matt at the time I mean it just I was just blown away. I loved I mean Sting Sting single handedly and, and beating the NWO and then. The rest of WCW comes out and celebrates as Sting has, has done this feat. And which, in hindsight, they fucked it up in 98 when he actually joins the NWO. But <laughs> <laughs> for that particular night in December of 1997, it was such a huge deal. And for me, being a little Stinger myself, it was, a, it was such a huge deal, too, to see him take out the NWO the way that he did. And really, for, the, for a moment in time... Just stopping the the faction that has run run buckshot over the entire roster, yeah. Oh, yeah. and whether the match was a standout match or not, I mean, for any WWE fan, you got to appreciate that because it was great storytelling. The match at this point didn't even matter. It, it should have, but it, it didn't matter at least for me at that point. And that will always stand out to me. I mean, the build-up to that match was just amazing. And, you know, you can't forget about stuff like that. And uh, there's there's a ton of other other things, you know, when it comes to, to Starcade. For me, I think you and I can agree here that our best Starcade memories are from the, the Jim Crockett promotion. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So, <laughs> you know, not necessarily, uh, you know, battle bowls or anything of that nature, but uh, they definitely try to keep it fresh, and not everything's going to work. And so even to be fair with 91, I give them, I, I definitely tip my hat for doing something different. Yeah, no, again, I'm my issue with 91 isn't the the theme isn't the gimmick it's just the execution execution yeah. and, and and the poor planning the lazy yeah the lazy planning i'm gonna call it for what it what it is in my opinion but uh yeah i'm really glad that we get to talk star k because in in a during a time where there's so much going on in in current events 
it's it's important to 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 remind ourselves why we love professional wrestling to begin with, and with all the WrestleManias and and all of the the current stuff like Bound for Glories and and, and Summer Slams and things of that nature, you got to go back and you got to look at one of the other you know it's all the other stuff to do too that paved the way for our love of this of this business and that's and Starcade is definitely one of them. So I think that's the reason why even even if even if they were going to give it a, a little more of a legit run, I don't know if I would ever be okay with them bringing back Starcade. Not not unless they were going to go do it 100% the right way. And we know that's not going to And it's not going to happen. So, yeah, it's so, just not. Same thing goes with with the Halloween Havoc, I know some fans have said that would be pretty cool. No, don't leave Halloween Havoc alone. It, it's all it's all nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. And I'm not asking them to to rekindle the exact same thing, because anybody who thinks that's going to happen, you're just living a lie. Yeah, it's, that's not the way nostalgia works. That's extreme wishful thinking. Yeah. You want to bring a name back, no matter what it is, whether it be Starcade, Halloween Havoc, what have you. I really think they had something in their first attempt with Starcade where they keep it a live show only. Yeah. They don't offer it on the network, and then later on, just bring it out on home video. Right. And I don't mean like a month later. I mean like maybe a year later. Right. You know, something to that nature. It'll put ass in seats. You're probably going to make a little more money off the seats. You do it in a place that's special to the event, just like they did with the first attempt at Starcade. You have matches that are, I don't want to call them like shock value, but maximum entertainment. You know, right. the, the one night only kind of matches that you're not going to see anywhere else. So that you get people to talk like, holy shit, I attended Starcade. And I got to see this match, which it doesn't normally happen, mm-hmm. and it 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 will continue to not normally happen because it was supposed to be part of a special event. Yeah. And then guess what? Next year, hey, we're doing Starcade again, but this time it's going to be at this place. Holy shit! Do you remember last year when they had that match? Yeah. Holy shit! You know, we're 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 in such a um, a dynamic with the internet where there's still a way. There's still a way to create excitement and buzz in live events. You can't tell me that this is not true because people do it all the time with other kinds of live events. Well, <laughs> tell anyone that got mad at you earlier for using this example, I'm going to I'm gonna get mad at me now. All in. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> what is the one match that happened the first time ever at this show and so far the only time ever? One-on-one, by the way. Yeah. And that's Kenny Omega versus Pentagon. Yeah. And by way of the internet, it got the buzz. And there you go. So just I understand the problem of the, the IWC. I get that, that uh, kayfabe is basically dead. Yeah, that's but Hey, that's fine. <laughs> it, it's, it's not like we live in a world where we don't know how the internet works. Use it to your advantage. Yeah. You, word of mouth. I mean, it's a snap of a finger now. Yeah. And use it to your advantage the way that uh, those hooligans did, and <laughs> look at what they did. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it it could totally work. I, I mean, and you and I can sit there and say, "Hey, remember 
we were we saw Kenny Omega versus Pentagon. Yeah. You know, who else got to see that one on one? Nobody. Right. That's how you get Of course that was televised, but I, I you know, I see exactly what you mean. Yeah. That's how you that's how you get that to work. Because you know what that says to me? If you have that if you have that match. Let's say let's say all in was in New York for for the first one. Okay. They did Kenny Omega and Pentagon, and we couldn't go. It was not televised. Right. Let's say that, and we knew we know that that match happened, and we never got to see it because it wasn't wasn't televised. Yeah, Yeah, it's not not available to to the public. I'm itching to see that match. All in comes to Chicago for part two. Yeah, we probably won't see Kenny Omega versus Pentagon, but it's like. They're probably gonna do something crazy. Like we gotta get tickets. Yeah, we gotta get tickets. You create that buzz. It, it's not hard. It's not. It's really not. <laughs> but know? that's that's putting logic in, in the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and apparently in professional wrestling, we don't do that. But uh, I digress. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're gonna wrap up the show again. If uh, if you happen to find yourself itching for to watch some good wrestling, some some classic NWA and WCW, you can watch every Starcade ever. Minus twenty seventeen. Minus twenty seventeen on the WWE network over at twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash WWE network. That's all one word. And judge for yourself. Tell us what your favorite Starcade match is. Go go watch them. My my favorite is '86 Night of the Skywalkers. I love that entire fucking card. Yeah, I'll watch it over and over and over again. But that's just me. So let us know. Uh, you can do that on uh, social media. We are on Facebook. Facebook.com/slash20x20crew is our Facebook page. You can also stop by our group and and talk and and share shit with us. Over at facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk. We are also available on Twitter. Twitter.com slash 20x20crew. We are also available on Instagram. Instagram.com slash 20x20crew. We are on YouTube where we do the following contest, which is exclusive YouTube content. Over at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash YouTube. Check us out there. Uh, you're always more than welcome to email us, 20x20crew at gmail.com. Our home on the web, as always, 20x20crew.com. Find anything and everything about us over there. And I, I really look forward to hearing what everybody has to say about Starcade. I, I really am. We live in, we live in the, the day and age where anything that's considered flagship always has that added extra potential to fail now. Yeah. Because of competition. Yep. Because of, <laughs> you know, lack of good management. Even more so than back then. So, enjoy it. Enjoy it while it lasts. And, you know, hopefully they do do right by you, the wrestling fan. That's, that's pretty much all I got to say. <laughs> so, for Matt... I am Joe. We are the 20 by 20 ring crew. And until next time, we will see see you in the ring. ring.